The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning. I'm Ed Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 8, 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable, channel 1519 in Los Angeles. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast, channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late Chief Pastor William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are in the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will start off today's telecast with the upbeat song entitled, Oh Nicodemus. They will be ably accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bachel Carter on the organ. We preach the gospel of salvation. The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is knocking at the door to your heart. 
Won't you accept him as your personal Savior, Master and Lord? For today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song, Leave Your Burden at the Place of Prayer. Yes, television viewers, as we cast all our cares upon the Lord and lay our burdens down at His feet, He will surely make a way for our prayers to be answered. For prayer is the strength of the gospel. It is prayer that moves the mighty hand of God that moves the whole world. Our Lord is a great God who is able to turn all of our tests and trials into glorious victories. <laughs>
Associate Pastor Seth McConnell-Sano Sr. will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the beautiful song, The Family of God. Doing his background music will be Trusty Associate Pastor Emmons Pro Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Iris Lock on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. The words to this song are so true and uplifting when we talk about the family of God. You notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family, and these folks are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joined heads with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family and these folks are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joined with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joined with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family and these folks are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joined with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. 
I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sword. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. The church choir will now perform their final number for today entitled Peace in the Valley. We can find sweet peace nestled in the sheltering wings of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we let the Lord have His way, He will give us the strength to press on to do His holy and blessed will. For He is our great comforter, full of mercy and compassion. He brings peace, joy, and happiness in our daily lives. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words on your screen.
are blessed to hear from the trumpet section of the church band who will play the toe-tapping song entitled, Come Unto Me. They will be accompanied by Teare Sums on the piano. The Lord is welcoming you with open arms. Come to the Lord and be saved by taking on His name, Jesus, in water baptism and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come to the Lord and find sweet rest to your soul. Seek the Lord while you can, for He is only a prayer away. The saints in harmony will now blend their voices to the song titled The Beautiful Garden of Prayer. They will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. Anywhere we pray to the Lord can be a beautiful garden of prayer. It is our heavenly sanctuary where we can pour out our hearts and souls to Him. As we put our faith, hope, and trust in His hands, He will hear us and answer our prayers. At this time, it is a great pleasure to dedicate this song to a dear sister in Christ of our Molokai Branch Church, who is none other than Brenda Aya. May you find comfort, strength, and joy in this song that is played especially for you. Have a wonderful Sunday.
In the sweet name of Jesus, I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, 
And I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Chartered Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 a.m to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing service at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Bologo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vespia Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We have all won victories in one way or another. Yes, viewers, we should praise and thank God for them. However, many tend to seek the Lord only in time of need. We forget the greater picture, which is our responsibility to serve and please God. We fail in this endeavor because, as humans, we tend to regard the Lord only in terms of how He can serve and please us. At some point in time, we reverse the role of God and man. Therefore, one step towards rectifying the existing situation is to make the reading of God's Word an important and major part of our lives. After all, 
His word is a lamp unto our feet. His word is forever settled in heaven. I pray, viewers, my sermon, take my hand, who serve its purpose and draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bring to memory our obligations to him. Taking the hand is expressive of fellowship and helpfulness. It gives a warm feeling to the heart when taken seriously because you have experienced the sensation of being received. Can you think of a better place to be well-received than in a spiritual assembly of the saints of God? We are told in Matthew 18, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together there in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Jesus is always the focus of attention when the children of God are gathered in unity and harmony. Many who are not yet saved wonder at the Christian's attention to Jesus. Well, in John, the divine's vision of God's throne, elders and living creatures were worshiping the Creator. And they said, as we find in Revelations 4:11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So the spiritual assembly is a body of worshipers charged to observe all things commanded by Jesus and experience the divine presence of an inseparable Christ. Luke gives us an account of Cleopas and another on the way to Emmaus when the risen Christ joined their company. Luke 24, 15 tells us, And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near <clears throat> and went with them. We can readily understand from this scripture that in the communion of the saints, fellowship with Christ Jesus is encouraged. I can remember as a young child, my parents advised me to be careful of how I choose my friends. They always told me that you become like your friends. I believe the saying goes something like this, show me your friends and I'll tell you what you are. But the Paul admonishes us in Philippians 1, 3 to 5, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Good Christian fellowship has an inward fire that is based on spiritual talk and fellowship with Christ Jesus. Again, in Luke chapter 24, verse 32, we read, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us by the scriptures? That inward fire comes from the direct communication which you have with our Lord, as well as with one another, as we serve the Lord. We have a divinely faithful God who did call us into this fellowship. As you care for one another and the work of the Lord, the Lord will honor us with his friendship by putting us first. When Jesus reveals all the things concerning himself in the scriptures, he is promoting a special relationship that can and will lead to a real, wonderful and permanent fellowship. Truly, we can say the best friend to have is Jesus. He leaves his impression upon your life. Acts 4.13 tells us now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, 
they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Peter and John were Galileans, a simple people who were easily betrayed by their misuse of their own language. In spite of this, the apostles' fearlessness stood the test of the moment, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, they were made bold to stand for the truth that had been taught to them by our Lord Jesus Christ. Bonus is an important ingredient in fellowship, for it helps in disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Those who believe are called to fellowship with Christ Jesus. Look at 1 John 1, 3-4, and it says, That which we have seen and heard declare to you, that he also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write me unto you, that your joy may be full. The joy that we experience is given to us by our Lord, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Each and every true born-again Christian has a testimony of the Lord. One of the special marks of a true testimony is that it becomes irrepressible. Read Acts 4.20, and it says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Personal experience is the special mark of King David's true testimony as he speaks in Psalm 66, 16. Come in here, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he had done for my soul. Today, take my hand, is Jesus extending his hand in fellowship. Yes, viewers, the condition of fellowship with Christ Jesus is dependent upon your receptivity of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It is not based on your understanding, but rather you believing it and doing something about it. Nicodemus, a man of the Pharisees, a root of the Jews, a God-fearing person who paid his tithes and obeyed the status and judgments of the Lord, did something about it by approaching Jesus, inquiring of him how to be born again. John 3, 5 tells us, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus is the author of the gospel of the kingdom of God, and he used the word except in this scriptural passage, which means that we must accomplish his will, his way, or else everything performed will be null and void. Born of water and of the Spirit means first water baptism, then spirit baptism. Now it behooves all men everywhere to obey our Lord. For when Jesus says you cannot enter into the kingdom of God, the reason will be more than evident that you did not do it the Lord's way. In his prayer following John 17, 20, Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, that is his apostles, but for them also, all of us, which shall believe on me through their word. That is the word that was taught to the apostles by Jesus himself. Ask yourself, does Jesus care? Of course he cares, and so much so that he is pleading with the whole world to take my hand. The continuity of the word of God, both in word and deed, is easily comprehended. Boldly through the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the keys to the gospel of the kingdom of God were used. As Acts 2.38 tells us, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here we have the Apostle Peter declaring the same things that Jesus taught while on his earthly ministry. Repentance 
which is called for, is a godly sorrow for sin. This is reflected by the convert having an attitude change in regards to sin and self. The phrase, be baptized every one of you, not only shows us that baptism is mandatory, but also does not exclude anyone. In this reference, we see that the name of Jesus Christ is the new name to be used in the baptism ceremony. Baptism is a type of death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Death in that we give up our own lifestyle. Burial in that we are buried in the death of Jesus. Resurrection in that as Jesus was raised from the grave and ascended into heaven, we too are resurrected from our watery grave into a new life in Christ Jesus. What this all means is that baptism is not performed by sprinkling or pouring water over the top of a convert's head. Baptism means to be dipped, plunged, or immersed so that the convert must be completely submerged in water to be correctly baptized. 1 Peter 3, 21 says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, because baptism is what it represents, the convert is demonstrating his faith through obedience to God's will and experience a good conscience knowing that he has pleased God. Jesus paid the price of free salvation for you and me, and thus it is his blood which has never lost its power and that will eradicate sin. What God forgives, he truly forgets. The gift of the Holy Ghost is manifested by speaking in the unknown tongue. He is the mind of Christ in you, the hope of glory, your passport to heaven. Of all the gifts a man can receive in his life, this is the most precious of them all. We live in a fast time with many delusions in and about us, and therefore we need the Holy Spirit to lead us in a life above sin. Then we might hear the call to come up hither. When Jesus returns and raptures his very own, many people profess to be saved. Listen to Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No minister, priest, friend, or relative can save you. Salvation is of the Lord and must be accomplished according to the known will of the Lord. If you choose today to be rescued by heeding God's call to take my hand, then your choice will include the name of Jesus in everything. I repeat, everything that you do in word or deed. Many who are in need of the helping hand of God in their lives don't even know that the gospel is the good news that Jesus saves from sin and death. Jesus heals the sick and afflicted body. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And Jesus is coming soon, and a lot sooner than many people think. The all-important question that should be uppermost in your heart and mind is, am I ready to meet my Savior in the sky if we were to suddenly appear? If not, why not? Jesus authored this salvation plan. It has not changed for almost 2,000 years. In Hebrews 13, we are told Jesus Christ is saying yesterday and today and forever. There are many doctors in the world today, and only one was taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. In Brother Paul's stewardship of the gospel, he declared in Galatians 1:12 to the church, for I neither received it of man, Neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You might ask, what's it exactly that was revealed to Paul? 
While addressing Christian unity, he told the church, as you read in Ephesians 4, 4 to 6, there is one body. We who have taken on the name of Jesus to form that spiritual body of Christ. And one spirit, that is God is a spirit and they worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, we who have a lively hope in Christ Jesus, who overcame death, hell, and the grave. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. What should we do? The whole Christianity is completely divided today. They have all kinds of forms for their salvation. The confusion is greater than the ability of man to comprehend. God's Word teaches us in 2 Corinthians 4.3, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Our God is merciful and compassionate, and His call to the world is to take my hand and come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. God is not a God of confusion. We read Romans 3.4, God forbid, yea, let God be true and every man a liar as it is written that thou mightest be justified in the saints and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Thus, sprinkling or pouring does not accommodate the definition of baptism, and neither does it agree in the typology of our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. Take special note of the fact that the word name is used. It is in the singular form. This tells us that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ is the only name to be utilized for baptism. Obedience to this point will give you two wonderful promises. The remission of sins, which is what God forgives, He forgets. And the gift of the Holy Ghost, the mind of Christ in you, directing your life above sin that you might endure to the end and be saved. People often question the importance of the name of Jesus in salvation. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Simply put, viewers, well, the name of Jesus, you can't be saved. Let's read and analyze the Great Commission, which is found in Matthew 28, 18 to 19. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Today, all of Christendom is divided on baptism. It seems that most of the churches use this text as their baptism formula. The Great Commission was given by our Lord Jesus Christ to His Apostles so that they would be empowered by Him to carry on the gospel in His physical absence. To negate any power that Jesus has in His possession is to deny the power of the mighty God. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that His name shall be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Jesus said in John 10, 38, I am my Father, I one. Furthermore, Isaiah 43, 11 says, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God had made that same Jesus whom we have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Our God is not a God of confusion. From Genesis to Revelation, we have a complete story of the self-revealing God. So according to the scriptures, you must believe that Jesus is God and Savior personified. 
The phrase baptizing them tells us that baptism is an essential part of our salvation. The phrase in the name is in the singular form and therefore means that there is only one name that will be used for salvation. Of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, our phrase is used in reference to the one name to be utilized, and these phrases are not names in themselves, but titles of our God in His three manifestations. In other words, Father is the title of God in the creation. Son is the title of God personified in the flesh. And the Holy Ghost is the title of God as the Holy Spirit in regeneration that is preparing man's heart to be God's dwelling place. By now, you probably know that there is no mention of repentance, a godly sorrow for sin. Neither is there a name mentioned, any name that must be used by the bride. There is no mention of remission of sins. What God forgives, He forgets. And finally, there is no mention of the gift of the Holy Ghost, the mind of Christ in us, leading us in a life above sin that we may be saved and inherit eternity. By the authority of the Word of God, it is more evident that Matthew 28, 18, 19 is not wrong, but when applied in baptism, then it is wrongfully used. A very wise and dear friend of mine who has gone home to be with the Lord once advised me to preach in such a way as to have a smattering of the truths so that there would be something for everyone. To obey means to follow the commands or guidance of our Lord Jesus. After all, He is the author and finisher of our faith. Spiritual knowledge can be attained if you will use the key found in John 7:17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. God's Word does admonish us not to be deceived with vain words and fancy language of man because His wrath is going to fall upon all who are disobedient. The Bible has many accounts of men who obeyed God. Noah was such a man as Genesis 6.22 tells us. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. For many long years, Noah went about building the ark. Then the Lord told him to load up. When the rains came without ceasing and the waters started to flood the land, all the people who mocked and scoffed him earlier started to realize the error of their ways, but they were all too late. Thus Noah and his family, a total of eight people, were saved from a new beginning. For our greatest example of obedience is Christ Jesus. We read Hebrews 5a, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Just imagine if Jesus did not obey all the way to the cross, Today, we would be most miserable not having a way of escaping this lost and dying world. You see, back in the very beginning, when Adam and Eve walked this earth, they had it made. Yes, everything God created was good. However, because man disobeyed, sin became a part of his life. Romans 5, 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Jesus preached so that you can reform your life. The imperative duty of life is declared by the apostles in Acts 5.29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The time that we live in is fast, uncertain, and full of seduction. The choices that we must make are a matter of life and death. Choosing to follow Jesus all the way is the best choice one can make. This choice allows us to be a living sacrifice unto our God. Listen to Romans 12, 1 to 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that it may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Brother Paul is actually telling us that because God is merciful and compassionate, we should so devote our total being to the Christian ethic as a reasonable service and thus be holy and acceptable unto God. He goes further to remind us of God's transforming power, which will take us farther away from the worldly ways and cause us to prove for our own selves the will of God, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Following Jesus requires commitment on our behalf. In other words, we are allowing ourselves to be entrusted with God's statutes and judgments. Brother Paul informed the Philippian church thusly, Therefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The godly fear that we should possess is the care, awe, and respect for our God, that we not offend Him. The trembling is that involuntary physical shake that we experience because we know of God's righteousness and justice. Salvation is an individual matter. It is strictly between the individual and God. The happy state of the godly comes from having committed their way unto the Lord. King David's Psalm 37, 5 tells us, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and it shall bring it to pass. Serving the Lord with commitment requires that our service be accomplished heartily. Psalms 119.2 says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with their whole heart. I heard of a notice that was posted on the workplace bulletin board that read, The management regrets that it has come to their attention that workers are dying on the job, are falling down. This is a practice that must stop as it becomes impossible to distinguish between death and the natural movement on the staff. Any employee found dead in an upright position will be dropped from the payroll. Situations like this can parallel work for the Lord. We often like hollow people go through the motions of obedience without any realization or heartfelt involvement. This might not be easily noticed at first, but sooner or later, the business as usual appearance will be discovered as a lacking of enthusiasm for serving the Lord God. According to the scripture, we can receive the benefits of happiness only if we remain charged up in our desire to please the Lord. This scripture is a part of a prayer that expresses the desire of one who didn't want to set up for a casual religious experience. He longed for a total commitment to what God loves and hates as found in the law. Furthermore, he sensed that to carry out God's work in the world, he would have to give his life, whole heart, mind, and soul, and strength to the task. Without a doubt, it's too true today. We will never accomplish anything for the Lord by shuffling our way through the motions of faith, knowledge, and love. Our wills must be set against our sinful nature and the current of the world. But this can happen if our service is heartily done heartily. Therefore, daily, we must take His hand and ask the Lord to help us to be true-hearted, wholehearted, that we might glorify an all-glorious Savior. Only the Lord with His great power can reign over your wills and affections victoriously. With the Lord's help, we can be freely surrendered and holy the Lord's very own. A thought that you can keep in mind is to be holy, for the Lord our God is, and He will be holy for you. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the Church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. The Church Band will close today's telecast with the song, Did You Think to Pray?
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.